As I look over my notes from my time on Shemia Island, I can't help but take a step back and realize how much my life has changed since that chance encounter in Afghanistan. If this assignment had happened before my overseas deployment, or before Shaver Lake, or even before Montana, who knows how differently I would have handled everything that happened. I decide that Rowan should probably be in the loop on everything that happened up there. As I get ready to type out my notes so I can email them to her, I think better of it. I don't want to risk the wrong person seeing it in my email. I instead pull out an old tape recorder that Andrew had bought me as a gag gift. Sometimes the best way to keep something off the wrong side of the internet is to make sure it doesn't get uploaded at all. I press the record button. Testing. One, two, three. Alright, it's working. Hi Rowan, I'm sure you were wondering who this package was from, and by now you've probably figured out that it's me, Rory. As you may or may not know, I was temporarily stationed at Chemi Island in Alaska. It seemed like a normal enough assignment at first, but I quickly discovered that there was something just... wrong. And I was determined to figure out what it was, and how to stop it. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. Rory, you've been on Shemya Island at Ericsson's Air Force Base for about a week now. The temperature has ranged between 28 degrees Fahrenheit to 44 degrees, so it's a bit brisk, especially in this late springtime in March. Over this time, you've taken stock of all of the staff and personnel on the base. They're running a very short staff, as they've got roughly 30 people on base. Of that, there's about 15 security officers and people working various shifts. There's about 10 to 12 radar operators. There's a half a dozen officers. There's two cooks. Then you have the command, uh, which is Lieutenant Colonel Conrad. When you first met him, he was bedridden and wasn't feeling well. He got better the next day, it seems, and he was up and at him, and you saw him doing a morning sun salutation yoga pose, facing the sun as it was coming up in the beginning of the day, as he's doing yoga outside in the cold. It seems as though that everyone here on base has slightly elevated temperature. It's only about 99. It could be due to their proximity to the radar because radar sickness can increase body temperature. Some of them, in your original document, said that they had a rash or a shingles type of physical, like dermatitis. A lot of them do have these things which you kind of feel as though they're more of burns than they are anything in the way of like a, something with a viral load like shingles would have. You've drawn blood on mostly everyone, and for the most part, their blood work looks good. Some of them have a very low TSH, so that would generally show for hyperthyroidism. You have blood drawn again from them, run the tests, and the next day after a day of eating, that level seems to be normal, so you're not sure as to why that changes. It's usually not so quick in most folks. So I recorded the blood the first time, it had a low TSH, and then the next time I recorded it, it was back to normal? Yeah, it was in on the lower scale, but it was certainly within acceptable ranges, because there are levels of tolerances, but slightly lower end. I am assuming I've got a bit of a routine set up. Do I have any appointments of people I'm seeing today? 
you've had a, a couple people come in, some complain about different maladies. Some are making sure that they're, you know, uh, one person is uh, pre-diabetic and monitoring their blood sugar. You know, your normal daily activities as a doc. Nobody's really broken anything in a while. Somebody came in with a sprained finger from a horrific ping pong accident. You're not entirely sure what happened. He's not entirely sure how to tell you either. But you also think his blood alcohol level, there might have been some blood in his alcohol system. Ah, I see. So, and then have I noticed the noise everyone's been talking about yet? So up until this point, you have not. Okay. You've not checked out the rest of this place. I mean, you've kind of gone to the infirmary, checked out food, and and that's it. If I have some free time, I would love to, I guess, look around the island a little bit as much as like, best I can, see if I notice any. When you head outside, it, like I mentioned, it's brisk and the weather, there's always a bit of a spray. A fog rolls in generally early morning and lasts until late afternoon and then it finally burns off and then night falls fairly late. It gets dark and kind of rinse and repeat that situation. When you're out, you see that the island itself is fairly small. You can walk across it, and you see some amazing ocean views. A few times you see some whales breaching off in the distance in one of the bays, and then in in the permafrost and some of the grass that's out there, because it's not covered in snow. You actually see some birds get taken down by a couple small gray foxes. You know, it's kind of nice to see nature as you get a little bit closer to it. There are a few buildings here. Most of them are not in use. Ericsson Air Base has really downsized. So there are two buildings, A and C, which are utilized as living quarters. Within them, you've got a PX to go get, you know, food and whatnot. There is a internet cafe. There is a movie theater. There's a bowling alley. There is an attempt at a karaoke bar. Hmm. There is a pretty large airplane hangar here as well that would hold some of the larger planes, the 747s. They can land and store at least two AWACS and bellnose planes, the ones that have the radar in the noses. So those could be stored here. Currently, they're empty. You see that there's a small little commuter plane in here that has been tarped over. It doesn't look like it's Air Force. Interesting. There is also a dock The dock heads out along a rocky coast, and it's an industrial dock because Shemya receives a lot of their supplies via ship that shows up a couple times a year. The dock itself looks as though that it's been trashed by the waves. The very end of it is twisted at a 45 degree angle, and you're not entirely sure it's so stable. There are a few tanks of what look to be oil, both above ground and looks like there might be some that might be buried. And the largest thing that stands out here is the large radar installation. It sits on a cliff um, a bit of a distance away, and it's a large squarish building with a large circular radar station that points toward the west, points toward Russia. Like I said, it's about maybe 120 feet high, so it's quite large. And that's where most of the radar technicians are working? The radar technicians actually work in a uh, building not far from there. There are some folks that seem to go up there that that maintain it, but you do not have clearance to go in. Gotcha. That needs to be provided by the commanding officer, since you're not you know, a tech or deployed to that. Because there are some state secrets within. That makes sense. At some point in one of the evenings that week, 
I'd like to kind of look over the data I have about the different people and see if there is any correlation with symptoms between like radar technicians or security or where people are working. If people are getting more sick if they work in a certain area, frequent a certain area. I believe... Let's go with a... What skill do you think that would be? I could argue maybe either biology or like, like looking at... This is like looking at for like patterns. Mm-hmm. So I don't... Ugh. You know what? Biology sounds great. I think that works pretty well. Okay. So yeah, go ahead and give me a biology roll. Let's do that. That is a critical fail, 88. 88 returns again. You're not able to really put anything together other than it's three to four times a day and it's every eight to seven hours. It seems though that it even alternates for some folks where it's three hours for three days and then four hours for four days. And people get it at the same, like when it goes off, everyone, it's not like it goes off for different people at different times. Actually, they go off at different times because a lot of them are staggered between seven and eight hours, like half of the base. So if one person gets three and another person gets three, they're hitting the same three probably? Yes. Okay. But it's not like one person's getting it and then 10 minutes later another person. Correct. Well, they're, it's not exactly down to the exact time window. Right. But it's it's certainly close. They're like, oh, we know that we're going to have a headache in about an hour. Gotcha. So it's been going on, I guess, since February, you said. They've picked up on the pattern. So they've been living with it for a while. A few have come in. A uh, airman named uh, Ashley comes in and requests uh, Dramamine and anti-nausea medicine, which is kind of something that gets handed out quite a bit, especially, you know, Air Force and Navy folk has flights and airboats and whatnot. So you have quite a bit on hand. Yeah, I will take a look at my notes on Ashley and then he or she or... Uh, she see if if there's been any fluctuation in symptoms for her and then at the end of the visit i'll give the dramamine and probably some zofran or something whatever i've been giving out yeah whatever you've been handing out whatever's whatever's available i'm gonna defer to you pharmacist person yeah <laughs> i know enough to be dangerous yeah or at least to give an idea in looking at you're not seeing anything this is going back to your fumble earlier yep it's just not picking up okay she thanks you and, uh, you know, waves and heads off. Thanks, Doc. Stop in any time. All right. You should come see the big screen. What movies are playing? Oh, I'm talking about the junk that we go re- the, we go record. That's what we call the Radar Central. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe I'll stop by. You're certainly welcome. Just don't spill any coffee and try not to sneeze on somebody's screen. And then we'll have an international incident because they'll think it's some kind of missile coming across. Don't want that. No. Happened once. Did they make a movie about that or I hope not. I hope it didn't get <laughs> I hope they didn't tell us about it. But I'll introduce you to Airman Derrickson. Derrickson was uh he he's the one that, that it happened to. Uh, yeah, sounds like a fun story. Alright, I'll talk to you later. Alright. Bye Doc. Thanks for the pills. And she heads off. How has Airman Houston that was show me around, how has he been doing? You haven't really seen him? Okay. You've seen them around. Granted, there's 30 people on this island and they run 24-hour shifts. And a lot of people stay indoors. They stay either in their own hut or they go visit friends and play video games and watch TV. But oftentimes they kind of stick around. If you want to, go make a uh, house call. Doctors making house calls. Why not? A small enough community. Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll go check in on Airman Houston. When you step outside this afternoon, the wind just whips. 
you bring your coat up, uh, you know, over your ears and, you know, you secure your uh, cap, bring it down because it's getting a little bit chilly. The spray hits you and it's just a bit colder. You look up and just admire because the light pollution here is minimal and you see all kinds of stars above you. Beautiful, beautiful black sky with stars. Kind of romantic, kind of frightening, and depending on your take, it could be exciting or it could be downright terrifying, like I said. I think I'll definitely pause looking up and get distracted by the stars for a little bit. Maybe take my time getting to Airman Houston, just because you don't get views like that in the Bay Area. No, not at all. And you also don't see shooting stars as often as you see one streak across the sky. Its trail is slightly pink and purple, and it stays visible, you know, to your naked eye longer than you would expect. And it seems to burn up and just disappear. Does that strike me as normal for this area? I this is I know nothing about shooting stars. Is <laughs> the player? You know, it's a good question to ask. I can give you, you can go for a science roll at a negative 20 since it's not your specialty. Yeah, let's, let's see. I guess that's my biology skill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 59 out of, it would have been 60, so 40. So no. So 40. No, but looking around, you make the assumption that since it's so clear. You're just seeing more of it. You're just seeing more of it. You arrive at Building C, where Airman Houston is located. He opens the door and smiles. Hey, Doc. Hey, Airman. How's how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? I'm good. I just wanted to follow up with see how you're doing. Had quite a spell when we first met on the first day. Yeah. Yeah. First impressions, huh? Yeah. I puke right in front of you. But hey, at least, you know, if, if you're going to get sick in front of somebody, at least it's some, you know, a doctor, right? Yeah. There are worse places to get sick. Tijuana. Yep. Uh, I've been feeling okay. I mean, same old, same old. Uh, headaches kind of come and go. He picks up his arm, and on his left forearm, there is a red rash. It's very... It looks as though that it's a burn. Has that rash been there long? Uh, yesterday. We get lots of stuff up here. It's either really dry or really wet, so crotch rot or, you know, jungle rot on the foot and all that kind of stuff, and too dry. There's all kinds of skin stuff going on. Mind if I take a look? Oh, yeah, sure. That's kind of why I pointed it out. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's let's take a look there. Uh, Ow! Is that painful to touch? Yeah. You don't have to poke. Don't poke it again. Ow! I'm barely... All right. Uh, I'm going to poke it a little harder. Ow. Okay. All right. That's so. This is not normal dry skin. I'd like to check up on this again tomorrow. You said this has happened before. Uh, it's not. not it, it hasn't been this big. I had one on my back a while before, but that went away. Okay, come by my office sometime. I'll have a prescription ready for you. Okay, to see if we can get something with for this rash, just whenever it's convenient for you. I'm gonna be working. Uh, I've got a late watch tonight. Going out for a walk for security. Okay, so uh, morning time. That works. All right, I'll come in after my shift's done. All right. How are you holding up? It's a little lonely out here. I'm sure you're familiar. You've been here longer than I have. It takes some getting used to, but the quiet is nice. The hustle and bustle of I'm from near San Francisco, or was stationed at Travis before this. A little bit busier over there, but it's nice to slow down. Good. Yeah. It's definitely different. I mean, well, we do do a board game night. We're going to probably get together tomorrow in the the cafeteria tomorrow evening certainly welcome to come by 
Oh to yeah, watch geeks. I mean, we got some people playing Smash Brothers and and whatnot. So if you're into video games or anything like that, we could uh we can certainly uh give you a good whooping. Yeah, I'll definitely take you up on that. All right. All right. I can't wait for this to get fixed. Ugh. Brr. And he kind of burps a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Hopefully, we can figure out what's going on. Yeah. Just try not to. If it is related to dry skin, just try to keep it moisturized. And yeah, see me in the morning. I'll have something for you. Sounds like a plan. And with that, he looks at the door, looks at you, and looks at the door. All right. I'll leave you. I'll leave you to get ready for work. Until next time. Take care, Captain. Bye. I'll head out. So you head back outside. You see that there is a group of three airmen that are security. They're walking up toward the big Cobra Dane radar site. Okay. Evening, gentlemen. Evening. You're off for your shift, or? Uh, we're heading. We're heading on our shift. We're do, we're making our rounds. Well, stay safe out there. Oh yeah. One of the guys looks around. Shh. This is one of the easiest duty deployments we've had. We're the only ones up here. Yeah, blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of puts his head down and kicks a rock, and the other two that are with him, they giggle. Have a good night, Captain. Good night. And they're headed. So they're, they gather their security. Yes. Or, okay. I will head back towards my building. Have I seen Lieutenant Colonel Conrad? You saw him in the morning, but you haven't gotten to talk to him. Since meeting him, he's vastly improved. Yeah. Okay. It's probably too late. I will make a note to check on him tomorrow when it's... It prob- Maybe not. I'll keep strange hours. I'll go check on see if he's free, just to see how he's doing. As you head in, one of the airmen that's working as a, a secretary for to the commanding officer... Oh, he's over in the radar room, over in big screen. If you want to go talk to him, that's where he's at. Do I... I don't think I have clearance for that. Is that all right? Oh, the big screen? Yeah, you do. You can go. Oh. She tells you where the where that part of the installation is. It's in an office building not far from the actual radar device itself. All right, I will head there. The building itself is it's larger than most of the buildings here. There is security outside. The security guard just waves at you. There's another security guard inside. And you notice he's kind of sitting there uh, bundled up and he's got coffee. He asks that you, uh, you sign in, you know, let you into the big screen room. The radar theater is about the size of a good size arena seating movie theater. Not like an IMAX, but like a bigger movie theater. It is set up on a slant. There is a primary officer's or overwatch position that's kind of in the middle. And there are desks that go down. There are six desks on each side, and there are pairs of radar attendants at the desk. Some of the desks are empty because they do swap out during different times of the day, but they're always paired up. In front of you, you see a large screen like you would see in the movies that shows all kinds of images. You see the earth, you see lots of things like little blips on the screen. It's a black screen with yellow writing and yellow drawing of the earth. You see that there's aircraft flying that are listed, you know, showing you where all the aircraft are. But there's lots of things that are just numbered on the screen itself. Lieutenant Colonel Conrad is leaning up against a desk, watching all of this, and he's got a cup in his hand, watching over everything. I'll head up to the area he's at. He looks over at you and and nods. Uh, How's it going, Lieutenant Colonel? Doing well. Feeling better. Feeling good. Yeah, we're just counting all the space junk. Yeah, I guess that's the job, huh? Yep. They sit here and look to see if anything doesn't look right. Takes a keen eye and lots of practice. Oh yeah, it just all looks like gibberish to me. 
kind of is sometimes. Sometimes me too, but uh, you learn a lot in working up here. You seem like you're a lot better since when I arrived. Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, better than before. I'm still a bit, uh, still a bit under the weather. The headaches, headache is comes and goes, but it's not as bad as it was the other day. Uh, side note: Do I get the sense that a lot of people's symptoms have been getting better since I arrived? Not. Uh, it comes and goes. It's in waves. I think I was thinking like maybe the arrival of my plane had something maybe made it worse. Your presence made it better or made it worse? Who knows? Yeah, or like thinking more like the plane engines or something. I don't know. No idea what this is. I just had a couple questions about the headaches and this everything that's been happening. I understand it started on beginning of February. Yeah. Anything particular happened around then? Or just started in February and hasn't gone away? He puts down the glass and crosses his hands, interlaces his fingers in front of his in front of his face, and looks at the big screen. There were some... We had some anomalies occur. And uh, when they started to occur, that's when all of this started. I had uh, some of the actual physical radar techs go up and, and go look up at the Dane, but nothing seemed to be out of place, and all the readings from the Geiger counters, the radioactivity, and, and all of that all seemed within normal range. So if that was a normal range, what kind of anomaly was it? You said that that wall looked like gibberish to you. So me saying what was the anomaly would mean probably more gibberish. And he looks at you with his eyebrows kind of furrowed. He doesn't seem as though that he's condescending about that remark. It's just more of, are you going to get it? Fair enough. And since then, everything's been normal? Uh, no. The anomaly comes up every once in a while. As soon as he says that, you see on the desk of the third table up, on the third desk, a yellow light on the desk goes up. It looks as though that it's an alert from one of the radar techs. He looks back, and up on the screen, you see lots of pieces of debris that are floating and moving across the screen. The image zooms in, and you see the region that's being watched. It's directly above Shemya Island in this region itself. And you start to see all of the dots and all of the items disappear until it gets clear. And then there is a large amorphous yellow color that pops up because they're using black and yellow as the primary colors of the markers. Usually the items are tagged with different colors and numbers, but the actual artifact or object is yellow. This is a large, looks like almost like a blob, pops up on the screen and then disappears. And then a few moments later, the items that disappeared start to pop back up on the radar screen. And you have this weird feeling in the pit of your stomach. Roll me constitution. That's a fun one. Ooh, that's one of my dump stats. 34 out of 55. 55. Not too shabby. All right. It just feels as though that your stomach is hollow and it just dropped out from maybe, you know, roller coaster type of ride. Or uh, you're really hungry, but there's no pain, just an empty stomach feeling. Is this the first time I've felt that since arriving? Yes, this feeling. You've had it in planes when you've had, right. you know, when elevation drops and turbulence. But this was, your on your feet are on the ground. You had noticed that that was happening up on the screen, but there was movement in the room. A lot of the radar techs started to call out and talk. You couldn't hear what they were saying. It was almost as though that you were in your own head. 
the lieutenant colonel rushed down to that radar tech screen watching over their shoulder. I'll follow him down. You come down, you're a couple steps behind. The one radar tech next to you that was not on the alert table leans over and you hear them puke into a waste paper bin. Their eyes are teary and their face is ashen. It looks as though that they've lost all color in their skin. They look a bit wheezy. You were right there? Uh, looks up at you. Uh, sorry, Captain. I, I don't... I'm, I don't... I'll be all right. All right. And I've seen this happen before, right? With, like, the headache. I'm assuming this is another one of the three to four times a day headaches. This seems to be much more acute. Okay. So is it the... Comparing it to, like, say, Airman Houston's when I first arrived, would it be worse than that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this person that you're looking at, this airman, all colors drained from their face. They look gaunt. They look as though that their cheeks have sunken in and eyes are bloodshot and tearing up immediately. Now, granted, some folks that experience migraines get that, but it's a little bit slower onset. I want to do a quick scan to see if there's other technicians that are having the same effect or if it's mainly this airman. Yes, this airman seems to have it the worst, but nearly everyone in this room is experiencing it. Okay, I'm going to go over and just use my hand to check his temperature, see how he's feeling. Warm to touch, but kind of clammy and sweaty. Okay. This, correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems like it's worse than usual, right? Uh, I had one of these before. A couple, uh, about a month ago. Uh, and then he collapses and his head bounces off the keyboard. And his teammate is like, oh! I'm, yeah, I'm going to help him up, or like, make sure he's okay. It seems, though, that they've passed out. Their breath is shallow. You don't think that there is any type of, like, stroke-like effect. It seems though that they may have just passed out. Yeah, once I know he's okay, let's see if I can wake him up. Uh, oh, sorry. How did I get on the floor? He passed out. Oh, rubs his forehead. And you can see that there, where he hit the space bar, there's a line in his forehead. He hit it hard. Has this happened? Has that happened before? Passing out? No. Okay. Why don't you take it 15? If it's okay with Lieutenant Colonel, I'll look over. Lieutenant Colonel looks back and kind of just waves, like an affirmative wave as he's still looking at some things. Up on the screen, the junk has reappeared, the space junk has reappeared on the big screen, but there's now a yellow X that's kind of floating overhead. Where all of the items are moving in the radar, in some form or fashion, in some speed, this does not seem to be moving. A lot of people are focused on that. While you're focused on this guy, they're focused on what is, in this instance, technically a UFO. I'll look up at the screen and they all seem very focused. I don't want to interrupt. I guess they'll say to the airman that was just something, is that normal? <laughs> he looks over, uh, it's an unidentified flying object. So technically, yes, but no. All right. The airman gets himself to his feet, and it would probably be a good idea for you to escort them, because they do not seem to have their feet underneath them. Uh, yeah, I will take him to the, at least the side of the room. Uh, is there like a break area or something in near here? There is a break area, yeah. Okay, I will take him back there. Is it warm in here? It's a bit toasty. It's not unusually warm, but a little bit. Can we get some fresh air? Let's go outside. I'll just take him outside for a walk. As you get close, the guy working security comes by and helps him along, provides an arm. 
you guys step outside and it's brisk and it's cool all of that good stuff as I'm kind of leading him down the path I want to look up and see if I notice anything because there was just something on the radar screen I want to see if I can see anything give me an alertness roll Ot one zero one excellent you see a very dark section of the sky it's very faint but it kind of shimmers just a little bit and then streaks off and now he's just thinking of aliens from six months ago when he was in montana yeah how's the airmen doing that i'm escorting with the air they seem to be doing okay the uh security guard offers him a cigarette and he waves it off (laughs) he's like no not now so the security guard lights up a cigarette yeah, I'll take the airman for, like, a loop around. Or if, if he's doing okay, I'll just kind of... Well, actually, I want you to roll... Give me a sanity roll. Ooh. Uh, 15. All right, you're doing okay. Okay. It probably was, like, a plane or something. But there's part of the back of his mind he's thinking about. It might aliens. be aliens. Yeah. But it, really aliens? Seriously? Seriously. Aliens? Probably not. You're on naturals a nine. It's a possibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once the airman, once I get the sense that he's doing okay, I'll head back inside. There is a bit of a hustle going on inside. People are awake. There's a, actually a few more people are running or walking briskly toward this building from outside. It looks like there are other radar techs. When you come in, the colonel's actually on the phone. Okay, I will try my best to be a fly on the wall. Just not disturb him, but try to get a sense of what's going on the conversations that you overhear are about a unidentified object that showed up on the radar in this part of the world it was there for a bit and now it's gone and they're trying to track it and you hear the lieutenant colonel mention Tule and mentioned other air bases like Eielson, Elmendorf, and Clear air bases and apparently he's communicating to them to try to get more information And it's pretty tense. The air in here has taken on a level of tension that you've experienced in the theater of war because you've been deployed to Afghanistan. When something's going on, you get that feeling. Now, you're not getting the feeling that you're in imminent danger, like when things are getting shelled outside, but there's definitely something weird going on. The rest of the radar techs that were off duty have shown up. Most of them are dressed in fairly casual clothes. Some of them are dressed just in their, in a basic jumpsuit type of gear that they just kind of threw on, but they're all in there now, working hurriedly. There is one person actually running around, seems to be uh, dropping off thermoses filled with water. A couple people are getting snacks handed out to them, and some folks are just kind of waking up, if you will. Makes sense. So what time is it? It's like late in the evening? It's 10 p.m. Okay. I'll go grab a cup of coffee and if my airman friend, is my airman friend going back to work or what is he doing? He comes back in and, and looks, uh, I'm feeling okay, Doc. I'm, I took my 15. Can I? Yep. Am I cleared to go? Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. And he heads off and kind of runs down and you notice he's got a bit of a grin, like this weird smile. If you think about it, these guys and gals sit around and count the same thing day after day after day. And something new happens. So they're kind of like, ooh. Makes sense. I'll go grab some coffee and then I guess just, I don't want to disturb the colonel, but just let him know if he if he needs something, I am I can be of assistance. Otherwise, I can be, be out of his way. He kind of just waves you. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd just like to, I guess, glean as much as I can from watching over shoulders or 
without getting in the way. He's busy trying to talk to folks. A couple people are barking out commands that you're not familiar with, talking about different quadrants and locations and different specifications and devices. Does it seem like everyone that was there is kind of recovered from whatever nausea wave went over everybody? Ish. Ish. They seem to be working. They're working through it. Yeah, they're working through it. You see a couple of them have their head in their hands, but take their head out of their hands to work. There's a lot of excitement going on here. Yeah. For about an hour or so, the chaos ensues. Well, the planned chaos, the organized chaos ensues, and then it calms down a bit, and the day shift has gotten ready, and they're going to be heading out. And the lieutenant colonel has gotten off the phone, uh, looks over at you and goes, oh, there was another anomaly. Is it similar to the one in February? Yep, but we were able to catch one of them. We were able to lock onto it for a bit and kind of figure out, find something that wasn't there before. You saw it up there, right? It's saw, like, a yellow X. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what shape it was, but we utilized that X to, uh, just to give it some kind of designation. Didn't seem to move at all. I don't think it was, uh, or didn't seem to move much before it up and, uh, blipped off. I, uh, I guess I'll let you know, when I was taking the airmen outside, I did see something up in the sky, in absence of stars, I guess, and then it went away. He looks at you. You got a visual? Couldn't couldn't be sure. It was the star. I've got a pretty good look at the night sky on my way over here. It was, but when I went out just now, there was a little bit that I couldn't. It was not not stars there. He puts his hand on the outsides of your shoulders, both arms, as he holds you, almost like you know, in the shaking position. You saw it. I I guess I did. And it was what? I couldn't tell you. It was. Obviously too dark to see a shape, but it was there and then it wasn't. I guess, like you said, it blipped away. I wonder if anybody else saw. All right. I mean, you could ask the airman, but he was pretty focused. He wasn't feeling great. He was more focused on not vomiting, and you get, you get it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Captain. You're going to have to write up an incident report. All right. I can do that. When do you want it? Tomorrow morning, because I need to send it off. Okay. And he go, walks over to uh, a filing cabinet, rifles through the first drawer and then the second drawer, and pulls out a two-page carbon copy style report and uh, hands it to you. The bureaucracy and the joys of the United States Air Force. So much fun. I will have this on your desk in the morning. Excellent. I look forward to it. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, The Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Sights and Sounds is an original scenario written by me, Dan Voshkevich. A special thanks for these episodes goes out to Matt Houston for his advice. Any technical errors are mine and not reflective of the great information Matt provided. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Victor Von B., Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, and Ben Warner. 
If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. <laughs>